Thank you all for coming out this evening and joining us in this very important discussion. Move forward. That was the township's stated goal that night the community met to reckon with its leaders in January 2018. Ten months later, it appears it had. It's the Sunday before Halloween, and little kids and parents line the streets in costumes. Vendors selling balloon animals and snacks weave between the bagpipes and floats. A Bordentown Township patrol car crawls down the center of the road, lights flashing. The window rolls down, and a smiling officer throws candy in the direction of a nutcracker, a ghoul, and a taco. The taco races out first to grab the goods. He turns, looks back, and smiles wide at the nutcracker victory. I watched the scene play out with my uncle from my front porch in Bordentown City. He starts to make fun of me for having my microphone out and begins to narrate. Well, as we sit here on the uh, porch looking at the look at the pretzel lady dumping her pretzels on the ground, uh, a first for me after the, being in the parade since 1973. I guess you've got to throw those pretzels away now or go further down the street and sell them. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, that is a shame. Firsts in Bordentown are rare. Founded in 1682 and expanded in name in 1852, it's a community that takes refuge in its traditions, like the Halloween parade or the Cranberry Festival, an annual street fair that kept its name despite the closing of the town's 71-year-old juice bottling plant nearly four years ago. But technically, there are really two Bordentowns. Bordentown City, a little under 4,000 people in all of about one square mile, and Bordentown Township, about 12,000 in nearly 10. Each its own municipality, its own government and officials and ordinances and taxes and police forces. And sometimes that's been easy to forget. After all, both share the same schools and the same highways that bisect the two. The Little League baseball fields are in the township, the youth basketball courts in the city, beer in the city, pizza in the township, etc. But it's traditions and events like the Halloween parade and the Cranberry Festival and, strangely enough, even that meeting 10 months ago that always made it feel like Bordentown was one community. My uncle has seen a lot of events like these. My name is Joe Malone. I've been a resident of Bordentown all of my life, which is now uh, 68 and a half years. He's actually organized a number of those events, too. I have had the privilege and the honor of representing the people in Bordentown uh, since I was 23 years old up until uh, a year ago, which I was 67. Joe Malone was first elected mayor, like he said, at 23. Then, following that, he had an 18-year stint as a Republican in the New Jersey State Assembly. I remember him once at a party receiving a happy birthday text from former Governor Chris Christie. Later, he returned back to the Board of Commissioners in Bordentown City for one more term and retired in 2017. I was searching for him at the meeting 10 months ago. I still thought it was strange he never showed up. The current mayor and police chief of Bordentown City had been there, alongside the mayor and acting chief from the township. Joe, of course, was retired by then, but the way I saw it, a sort of fissure had just burst open in the community. The community he spent his whole life trying to keep together. I didn't expect him to fill it, but I guess I thought he'd at least come take a look at it. So why didn't you go to that meeting? 
I had uh, no desire to interject myself, and now that I'm out of office, into into a discussion that I had really no firsthand knowledge of. Um, I did not want to be um, inject myself into that. Hearing this, I was reminded of a discussion the two of us had driving around Bordentown City in his pickup truck once, before the news of Nucera's mysterious retirement in the township. As he was driving, he pointed out these blue signs on porches and stuck on screen doors as we passed, put up in response to Donald Trump's then-recent presidential victory. They had the phrase, hate has no home here, written on them in different languages. I never remember any, any serious racial issues. Are there differences? Uh, is there racism? You'd have to be a fool not to say that there isn't racism. Um, but you hope with people becoming more educated and more culturally diverse, I, I think people are starting to understand that uh, people are people. Joe, who is white, thought those signs were nothing but posturing, a smokescreen for some of the town's, quote, biggest haters, unquote. Despite his absence at the meeting, he was the person that I always turned to for the inside baseball in Bordentown. It also just so happened that he was really my only option, since, up to this point, township officials, both current and former, would not sit down and speak with me about New Sarah. Still, I thought, after 44 years as a leader in the community, and having worked for so long in tandem with Bordentown Township, Joe might have been just close enough to get a peek behind the curtain and just far enough removed to tell me what he saw. Did you know Frank Ducer? Um, uh, my knowledge of Frank is really only in his capacity as the chief of police. And, uh, and to some degree, uh, the administrator. Uh, and, you know, I... I I thought he was, um, uh, a, a, you know, a pretty tough guy. He uh, he ran you know things his way, and uh, and that's really basically. I mean, I would see Frank at events, and and uh, he used to work at the uh, Shoprite on Saturday nights, and a lot of supermarkets and stores have uh, police officers there. And what were those interactions like when you saw him? Um, Good, generally. I, I didn't have any negative interactions with Frank. Um, and again, I, I didn't have to deal with him. I can tell you this from my own experience. Uh, I never knew of Frank in having a um, any kind of racial biases. I had never heard that, and I had never experienced it or seen that. The same was true, Joe says, for the Bordentown Township Police Department as a whole. Police departments, and I don't care where you go, always have internal strife and turmoil and infighting and whatever. That's that's a that's almost a, a given. I don't care what department you go to. Um, there are uh, you know the city has its share of problems with some police officers, and so is the township. So I don't see anything they did that's out there that's anything more than what I've heard about other, other municipalities and their police departments. Discovering that a politically powerful white man had not witnessed any form of racist behavior from the police chief or the chief's department wasn't exactly inside baseball. But Malone's language here is informative in how local officials think and how the chief might have held his position for so long.
The story of small town governing goes something like this. A problem arises in the community and then, usually after residents complain, it is dealt with by local leaders elected to do just that. Think caretakers rather than policymakers. Bordentown City's own form of local government was created to streamline this process as much as possible, Joe told me, after a string of natural disasters left leaders with too little power to effectively respond. But local problems aren't always as big as a hurricane. In Bordentown City particularly, most of the time they're as small as a skunk. But still, the premise remains. Governing is inherently more reactive when your constituents live close enough to knock on your front door at 3 a.m. I would say on a rotating basis, I would usually have 35 to 40 percent of the people angry at me, and that was not the same 45 percent, 30 percent people. It was on per issue, per decision. And that's the way it should be. Not trying to kiss up to people all the time for the wrong reason. You have to make decisions. But in the township where Nucera was police chief, well, as Joe told me, they do things a little differently. Trenton politicians do a lot of talking. Local leaders Gil Delaney and DiMattia get results. Proven leadership for Bordertown Township Committee. Leaders who will keep us on the move. And the township has a partisan form of government, which um, really I don't think in the long run has served them well. When I first got in office, it was all Democrat. Then for a number of years, it was all Republican. Now it's all Democrat. And there, does, there seems to be one consistency, and that's dysfunction. And dysfunction, when it comes to dealing with a problem like skunks, is at most unnerving. But what happens when bigger problems arise? What happens when that dysfunction helps create those problems? Who is the chief of police accountable to in a normal set of circumstances? It was in the past, the township administrator. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Um, before we go any further, is it okay if I record this? Um, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm um, okay with that. This is Jason Medina. He goes by Jay. He's an attorney, not in practicing now, 45 years old. Back in 2006, Jay moved to Bordentown in search of some nearby job opportunities. I mean, I thought it was a, a very nice uh, community. What I observed from it, uh, you know, appeared to be you know, very diverse, um, and I, I got involved with the, the local Democratic club at the time, um, not really knowing anyone there, and it was through those channels that they you know, asked to see if I was you know, interested in, in, in running uh, for the township committee. And in 2008, Jay did just that. I mean, at the time, it was an all-Republican, five-member committee. He became the first Democrat on the committee in years. And I, you know, I came in and I took down an incumbent, and it surprised a lot of people. 
Um, I'm sure it upset a lot of people. Um, and I think that, that kind of frustration, you know, uh, concern or anger, whatever you want to call it, kind of permeated, you know, through my, my tenure on the, uh, my three years uh, on the committee. And I think it was very divisive in the sense that much of what they did, you know, ran across, you know, party lines. Jay told me that part of that frustration came from his attempts to make the township government more transparent. He said that some on the committee refused to collaborate with him on almost everything because of it. I would have to kind of uh, circumvent that somewhat by um, you know, publishing, you know, uh, articles in the uh, local newspaper, explaining to the residents, you know, what you know, is really happening behind the scenes. All this came to a head, Jay says, in the spring of 2010. At the time, we had a, a, a township administrator, wonderful guy, very smart, very capable individual. He wasn't, I guess, beholden to any any party lines. I guess the, the way the way his approach to politics was, well, it's my responsibility, it's my civic duty to to work with you know the Democrats, just as I, I would work with the Republicans. He said that this rubbed the rest of the committee the wrong way. According to Jay, there was a coordinated effort by some in the committee to attack the then administrator's credibility. Whether it be in, well, it actually did happen in, in um, open session uh, meetings and closed session meetings, um, you know, kind of really, you know, attack him, um, you know, uh, professionally, you know, personally, and uh, that kind of, you know, laid the ground, the groundwork to, you know, kind of, you know, um, nudge him, you know, toward, you know, retirement. Eventually, their efforts proved successful. The old administrator had been ousted by April 29th, 2010. I thought that if we were going to remove or, or kind of, you know, force someone to retire for, you know, no, no apparently good reason, uh, that at the very least we should, you know, try to uh, do our best to hire someone who's, you know, competent enough to, you know, come in and, and fill, fill the role. Um, but that that's certainly wasn't in their plan. Jay told me that behind the scenes and with the support of some committee members, Chief Nucera was lobbying for the position. Jay didn't like the idea of that. I don't think that someone who was the township chief of police should be, you know, serving in that capacity as a township administrator. Not only is that, in my estimation, a conflict of uh, interest, but I just don't see how someone... Um, can um, fulfill the duties and responsibilities of a police chief and at the same time, you know, manage the day-to-day business activities of the township. Why do you think he wanted that township administrator job? Uh, you know, I, 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 you know it's a, that's a good question. I think that there was, a, again, this, this need for... Uh, members of the committee to feel as though they, they they were completely in the loop, right? Jay said he felt the Republican committee members felt vulnerable, politically threatened, and in an act to consolidate their power, they had to take a bold step, like making Nucera his own boss, a role he says Nucera was happy to step into. You gotta understand, Frank knew a lot, right? From a political perspective, Frank was invaluable. And in hindsight, looking back, 
if you're a, a, a completely you know Republican committee, right? Having someone like Frank in your ranks, right, um, and and loyal is invaluable because had a, 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 a strong understanding of everything that was going on in the township. He had, you know, contacts uh, within other segments of, you know, county and, and state government. He, basically, he's 24-7, you know, he's, he's kind of like a 24-7, you know, uh, uh, non-elected politician. I mean, he's pretty much at every senior citizen event, um, you know, he's there. He's, he's, you know, anything that goes on in the township, he's you know, front and center. Having, having, you know, that allegiance, um, that's, that's invaluable, you know, combined with the fact that, you know, that's, that's um, additional, you know, money in, in, in Frank's pocket. The numbers were not on Jay's side, but he wasn't exactly alone in his concerns either. According to public meeting minutes, one other committeeman, William Morelli, had reservations too, saying that he was, quote, concerned about the execution, not intent, unquote. Ultimately, a deal was struck. What happened was that as a, as a somewhat of a, of a compromise, which, again, in, in my estimation, in hindsight, it certainly, you know, wasn't, you know, uh, uh, one at all. Um, they uh, they wanted, you know, they decided to um, have um, um, uh, delegate, you know, or split the responsibilities of the township administrator among the the CFO at the time, who I think was David Koshin and um, the, the 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 clerk um, Eckert. And that's the resolution that was brought to a vote on May 10th, 2010. The role of administrator would be divided into three between the township clerk, the chief financial officer, and police chief Frank Nucera Jr. Each member of the newly coined administrative team would take on separate responsibilities. They also took home an additional $20,000 a year. A motion was made to open the resolution for public comment. According to the minutes, there was none. I've made that known publicly to township officials that I thought it was inappropriate uh, to have the, uh, the chief of police be the administrator. That's Joe again. I think that is a prescription for corruption and for mis- misdeeds and, and, and a, a, an assumption of almost absolute power when you have the chief of police not accountable really to anybody on a daily basis, it just allows itself to become a, a very systemic problem throughout the community and throughout the government. You, you never have somebody with absolute power that's not accountable to the people. If you're not accountable to the people, uh, things happen. And uh, it's pretty obvious that things happen in the township. As one BTPD officer told the FBI, the title and salary of the position had technically been split, 
but the power had not. Quote, in reality, Chief Nucera runs everything, unquote. I, I can't answer for Steve, um, and he'll have to answer for himself. Joe's referring to Stephen Benowitz here, the current mayor of Bordentown Township, the one at the meeting with the white beard. To be clear, Benowitz was not elected to the committee yet at the time when the compromise had been made to create the administrative team. In fact, when Benowitz first announced that he was running for township committee back in a 2012 Facebook post, he himself seemed pretty worked up about the whole idea. Benowitz wrote then, quote, The Republicans hired a township administrator and then admitted that they made a mistake. After firing him, they have not sought a replacement. The chief of police and other township employees, quote, act, he puts act in quotes and all caps here, as township administrators. We need a return to a full-time administrator, unquote. So what changed? Why was Nucera allowed to stay on as part of the, quote, administrative team for five more years after Benowitz had first been elected to the committee in 2012? It's not clear. In a written statement provided by the township, Benowitz wrote, quote, At no time in my tenure on the committee or as mayor did I witness, hear, or was made aware of the alleged comments and actions that Mr. Nucera has been charged with prior to them being made public. Had I known any of this, I would have taken immediate appropriate actions, just like I have throughout the process thus far, unquote. Benowitz did not explain why there was never a return to a full-time administrator before Chief Nucera's retirement. Were you surprised to hear about the allegations levied against Frank? Um, uh, no, I, I, I wasn't surprised. Um, Jay here, again. There's, a, there's a, a few reasons why I wasn't. I, I, I knew that even before I joined uh the, the committee, there was a concerted effort to kind of um, reach out, uh, you would say, to me by certain, you know, individuals, uh, some of them being, you know, uh, members of the, of the police force to, to kind of fill me in on things that they perceive as being uh, wrong with the chief of police in particular. They never... Um, directly told me about racial statements or comments that Frank had made, but their their complaints and concerns were more of the nature of his managerial type of style, that he was very autocratic because he was kind of monitoring everything at all times. And I think once I joined uh, the committee and began engaging with him, um, it kind of, you know, confirmed a lot of the description of, I guess, uh, characteristics that you know, were being described to me. Though at the time I, I certainly had no um, knowledge of any, you know, type of, of, of racial, um, you know, racist, you know, tendencies or statements or comments or you know, any type of, um, it, it, it certainly, in hindsight, you know, wouldn't you know surprise me or didn't surprise me when I heard it. The assertion that township officials had no idea of Nucera's allegedly racist beliefs left many concerned residents at the meeting all those months ago puzzled. How could someone alleged to be so explicitly racist in one part of their life completely conceal it in another? 
especially when those parts were only separated by a flight of stairs between the police station in the basement and the municipal offices above. The answer, he didn't. Not entirely, at least. There was another township employee who had a more complete picture of the chief. You've reached Colleen Eckert, Bordentown Township Clerk. Please leave your name, number, and a detailed... Colleen Eckert, Bordentown Township Clerk, and another one-third of that administrative team told the FBI that the chief used racial slurs in front of her. And, sometimes, she used them with him. Eckert had known Nucera since 1996 and considered him a mentor. She told the FBI that she and Nucera would sometimes use shortened versions of the N-word, quote, in a joking manner, unquote, after business hours in the municipal building. The FBI interview said she could not explain the joke. She also alleged that David Kosian, the CFO at the time, and the other one-third of that administrative team had also used racial slurs with them as well. She said that Nucera told her about the incident with Stroy at the Ramada Inn after it happened. That Officer Mount got hurt, but that was about it. Sometime after, she said he told her that there were some, quote, racial things said, unquote. She said he told her that he didn't hit anyone, but that he was going to be brought up on charges if he didn't retire. Eckert was not answering her phone because she was placed on paid administrative leave by the township following the release of her interview about three weeks prior to the Halloween parade. In February 2019, it would be revealed through a public records request filed by the Trentonian that Eckert and the township had reached a severance agreement, an agreement that included a $10,000 payout to the clerk and a positive reference letter from township administrator Michael Theokis. So, Colleen Eckert, the um, clerk, uh, is on paid administrative leave right now. I, I don't know, have you heard about this at all? Yeah, yeah, I did hear about that. Um, so, to me, I see that and I think if she was making racist comments with Frank and she's the clerk, they seem comfortable enough to be making these racist remarks. Is there a culture of this type of racist behavior in the township. Did you see that at all? You know, I'm, I'm a you know, Latino, so you know, I'm Puerto Rican. So, I, you know, although I, I've never, you know, heard anyone say anything directly to me, I can, you know, probably assure you that those times that my ears were ringing, you know, someone was casting some, some you know, racial, you know, slur, um, in my in my direction uh, behind the scenes, but I think overtly, um, you know, I, I I never you know witnessed it overtly. I think if again, I got to emphasize this, the township is a great township. I mean, very diverse, but very nice to me. They embraced me. They they, re- they respected me, whether they you know voted for me or not. But I think that you know within the 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 halls of the municipal offices, the police department. It was a, it was kind of a, a different, you know, culture. It was something that, you know, when I would walk into a room, you would you would sense that, oh man, he doesn't belong here. Jay's fellow former committee members could not be reached for an interview. Bruce Hill, no relation by the way, the mayor at the time of the administrative team's construction, did not respond to interview requests either. 
What exactly the committee knew about Nucera at the time they elevated him to the newly formed administrative team remains unknown. But what is known, what has now come to light through hundreds of pages of FBI interviews and transcripts, is how he leveraged this newfound power and maintained it over a township that already had a fairly bad reputation among people of color. For you to tell me that Burlington County wanted to look the other way about what Nocera was doing as chief, if that's true, it doesn't surprise me. It simply doesn't surprise me. A reputation that Nocera allegedly worked hard to maintain. The officer said, well, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you have a $10,000 bail. He said that the chief called the judge personally himself and requested that you get this bail. The chief, unrestrained, next. 